Welcome to episode 60 of Land the Plane Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back once again to the Land the Plane Podcast. My name is Dustin. I'm Jonathan. <laughs> Here we go again, <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> Long, awkward silence there. Well, no, I was thinking of what way we can apologize to our listeners again. You know what? No apologies. Ooh. I'm not going to apologize. Oh, y'all take that. That's right. Jonathan says, on behalf of Land the Plane Podcast, I offer my sincerest apologies. <laughs> No, it's been yeah. a while. Yeah, man. You know, and what I was thinking is normally every year during the summer, we've taken a break. Like, Man, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. And we didn't really plan a break this year. We kind of kept going. We were doing yeah. the um, apologetic series, and then we jumped right into Joseph. Mm-hmm. And then we were kind of And then we went into the deep end of the pool. <laughs> but it wasn't a planned break. No, it wasn't not even at all. A, it was a, a wanted break. Yep, no, it was a, a strep throat break. Strep throat break. I think of maybe a VBS break. Yeah. Vacation. Quarantine Some break. Quarantine's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just uh it's it's been uh and I like to say it's been cuckoo for cocoa puffs <laughs> a little bit. You know, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, and it's been a <laughs> and also when you're not having very fun. slow. <laughs> No, everything everything is good now. Yeah, everybody's um, great. Yeah, healthy, doing well. School started too. Oh yeah, that little that thing happened. called school. I I now have two kids in college. Ooh, man, you know, I got a senior, and I've got um, one that just started high school marching band. So he's been yeah. had plenty going on. Yep, got the younger ones. It gets busy. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't take long to realize every night of the week is planned for you. Yes. It doesn't take long. <clears throat> no. So no. We, we do, we don't apologize for being great dads, mm, great yeah. husbands. Absolutely. Great leaders of Wonderful. our households. Yes. Um, great employees. Um, <laughs> we don't apologize for any of that. We don't apologize for our greatness. No, no. But what we do apologize for is that your ears have not been blessed by the sounds of our The voice. ear candy that is. <laughs> oh, the Land man. the Plane podcast. Yeah, but hey, we're back. Yep, we are. I'm not going to... I'm excited about it, too. Yeah. I, I actually, uh, I was thinking a minute ago, um, it, have you seen the, like, the New Zealand, are they called haka dances? Not, or not dances, but, like, the, the rituals where they, like, yell and scream and slap their faces and... Like football players? Well, they're mainly like rugby, okay. Which is, you know, like rugby, but there's also the um, they do some during uh, like any kind of big event, like a wedding. There's okay. wedding hakas, and so like it's. Do you want me to come over there and slap you? I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I will excited. I'll come over there, you know? yell at you, and slap the fire out of you, Jonathan. <laughs> that's what you want. I think it's quite unnecessary. <laughs> okay, fine. I was just trying to help you out. Before we get the show started, and we are going to continue on down that path of Joseph and his life, we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. 
But before then, I have a special announcement. Special announcement, Jonathan. Special, special. Yes. Announcement. Yours truly. The one Dustin. Right here. You're looking across from the Dustin Danderand. Yes. We're recording this. Normally, we don't really throw out dates a lot because you might listen to this a year from now. Who cares what the date is? Yeah. But this is September 9th right now. Yes. Not the weekend in two days, but a week from tomorrow, I leave to go play in the Arkansas Masters. The Arkansas Masters. Yes. That sounds... Prestigious. Very prestigious. I know. Yeah. It's a disc golf tournament Mm. up in the bluegrass capital of the world. Mountain, Mountain View, View, right? Mountain View, Mountain Arkansas. View Arkansas. Mm-hmm. It is a really cool place, actually. It really is. We've been is. up there a few times. It's a, it's, it's like stepping back in time. Yeah, if you like ways. being outdoors and you can dig some bluegrass, you're gonna have a great time up there. Yeah. If you don't like any of those two things, probably well, I mean, what, probably you what suggested. <laughs> I've been up there several times, and and without the bluegrass, I mean that they they do the bluegrass, the picking and a grinning kind of thing. Yeah. On the weekend evenings, yeah, kind of in the square. But it's not like, you don't have to like bluegrass to go up to Mountain no, View. You can still enjoy the downtown. and There's plenty to do. There's old shops, oh, yeah. good food. Yeah. But we're it's going up place. there. Me and my brother, shout out to Jerry. Yeah, we're going up there to play in the Arkansas Masters. It was an invite only. Yeah. No, I'm sorry I didn't, I didn't get my invite. <laughs> you can just sign go. up if you wanted to go. There are some <laughs> spots. But we're going. It's our first official tournament. PDGA sanctioned tournament. PDGA. Pro Disc Golf Association. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm a member. Don't know if you all knew that. You can go to the it's website. really close to the PGA. Just. With a D. The D. Yeah. Yeah. If you um, go to their website, the PDGA.com. <laughs> Sounds like it's a rating. Yeah. You know? But you can go. This movie and, is rated PDGA. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what that was stand for. Um, I don't even want to try to figure it out. Pretty d- <laughs> darn good action flick. <laughs> but you can go there and you can search me. Y'all be on their website. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep. But I'm going up there next weekend to play. I'm very excited. That's awesome. They give you free stuff. I mean, it's not free. You have to pay a, mem- you have to pay a fee to play, you know? Yeah. But like, well, I mean, you're paying to play, and then you get free stuff. Yeah, I get a shirt. Yeah, I get two free discs. Yeah, I get a custom, um, thirty-two ounce, one of those steel, like a Yeti type thing. Yeah, water bottles, custom with my own name on it. Man, not even just a sticker, Jonathan. It's not just a sticker. It's legit. Some laser stuff going on. Ooh, I'm fired up. It's engraved. Yeah, three rounds in two days. Gonna have some activities there for us. Very that sounds exciting. like a lot of fun. It will be. I mean, my brother are gonna do yeah. it. My Maybe family next can't year. go. Maybe next year we can. You want it? Yeah, let's do a land the plane. Oh, live from the. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, let's go as. Oh. Like that's our team. Yeah, I mean it's not teams, but yeah. Well, I mean, so you're competing against your brother? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. who's gonna win? I don't know. Probably neither one of us. <laughs> Well, I mean, between you oh, and between your the brother. Oh, between the two of us? Yeah. Um, you know, be honest, because Jerry listens. Yeah, he does. Uh, we normally play pretty close. We we kind of go back and forth at times. All right, Jerry, we need to know. He probably, I mean, he probably does edge out a little bit or on or not true. I mean, I don't have no reason to lie. Well, I don't know. 
<laughs> but I also should say Arkansas Masters, although it sounds super prestigious and like I've really climbed the ranks here, you know, it just means people over 40. <laughs> Still, there'll be like nobody under 40 years old there. Yes. There you go. Not because I don't like them. I like all ages. So are they going to have but like I don't have rescue to go squad standing by? <laughs> they should for shoulder injuries and. Oh, we met a gentleman who said he was well in his sixties, getting pushed to seventy, and dude, I'm glad I'm not playing against him, man. That dude could throw a disc. How do you know you're not playing against him? Because he's in that age category. Like it's like forties play against each other, and the fifties play against each other. Oh, okay. And then sixties and sixty-five, like so. But like, if there's not enough in one age group, then they. Yeah, we'll combine some. See, I kind of like I'm I'm you know I bike ride some, uh-huh. and uh, on the app that I use them on, on Strava, and uh, on different segments and stuff, you can compare yourself against kind of everybody, and it that's always depressing. But then you can it breaks it down like by age group, mm. and that's usually fairly depressing too. <laughs> but then it breaks it down by weight category oh, as well. No. Yeah. So I'm like, yes. I'm like top fifty with the fat guys. <laughs> but then everybody knows what weight division you're in. So oh. anyway, you can't really see other people's. It's just yeah. like in your own you can see kind of where you're at. Yeah. It's and, pretty funny. And this one will be um there's a, in disc golf there's a pro division and there's an amateur division. Yeah. So you don't compete against each other. But so like you can step up to pro division. You can win bigger prizes and, and more cash and all that kind of things. Yeah. So we won't be competing against them. So there'll be like a 40-year-old pro division and a 40-year-old amateur division. Okay. But there's, the 40-year-old amateur division is like the most filled out one. It has the most competitors and stuff mm-hmm. in it. And that's where I fit, obviously. But, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited about it. Three rounds in two days. Um, and I found out, thank goodness he's over 50, but the – the guy who just a few weeks ago there was the amateur world disc golf championship, and the guy in the fifties category who won is going to be there at this one playing. So I was like, "Whew, dodged a bullet!" You need to watch that guy. <laughs> I know. I do want to watch it. That'd him, be cool to watch. Yeah. Uh, well, cool, man. I'm yeah. glad you're. I'm glad you're getting to do that. We need to play fun. again. We do. By the way, I've I mean, done. I know I beat you the first time we went that out and played. That's not true. <laughs> We didn't even play around. Yeah, really. We just threw around a whole some holes. <clears throat> but we definitely need to do that. I enjoyed it. So yeah, we didn't get back out it. there. Let's go. If around. if you guys are like if anybody out there is into disc golf, let us hear about it. I want to know about it. Yeah, especially if if you live in Mountain View. Yeah, or yeah. cycling. Hey, yeah. If you're in cycling, let's let's yeah. roll. And you happen to be in Mountain View next weekend and want to come watch? Yeah, go right ahead. Say hi. Come on. All right. Maybe well, hey, it's. We need to jump into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm wasting time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. People didn't call to listen or didn't listen to. Turn us on for disc golf. <laughs> okay. But they did hopefully turn us on for Joseph because that's the series that we're in. <laughs> yes. So we we work, are. This is episode two of that. Yeah. We got through one, more of a background leading up to how the story kicks yeah, off. Yeah, kind of setting the stage for everything. Yep. Yep. Kind of got us to where we're at. We talked about how Joseph was uh, the 11th of 12 brothers, and he and his younger brother, Benjamin, were the most loved by his father, and everybody knew it. Mm-hmm. So, jacked up situation. We so, talked about their parents. Yeah. You know. Jacked up situation. Yep, yep. 
all, all kind of interesting that led to this point. But. Yes. Yeah. One dude, four wives, well, two wives, two. Two wives. Extras. I don't know how yeah. to even explain that. But <laughs> one, one dad, four women, 12 boys. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure some girls thrown in. And there's in conflict. The who could imagine? Yeah, who could imagine that? So, yes, there is conflict. We are picking up. In Genesis chapter 37, um, we're not going to read all of this, but I would recommend that that our listeners read through this story. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're ready to go? We're ready. Let's go. Let's, Let's roll. Up. All right. Uh, we are going to start out chapter 37, uh, verse 2, I believe. It says, Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. So he kind of brought back, hey, dad, the other guys are screwing up. They're not doing what they're supposed to. Um, He's the tattletale. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably not the right word to use to describe him. Yeah, and I... I used to think that more than I do now mm-hmm. um, because of what we're about to talk about. Uh, and it says, now Israel loved jo- Joseph. That was his dad. Um, Jacob changed his name to Israel. Uh, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because, this is a tricky phrase here, because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. Everybody knows that Joseph had the coat of many colors. There it is. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. All right, let's look at this phrase. He was the son of his old age. Generally, I think we have the idea that Joseph was way younger than his other brothers. However, if we look at kind of the timeline that's laid out with, you know, we talked last week about how Jacob married, um, and he thought he was working for seven years for Rachel, ended up marrying Leah first. But then a week later, he was able to marry Rachel, but he had to work for seven more years. So that's a 14-year period, only seven of which he's married to Leah and Rachel. Okay. Right, yeah. The, the last half of that. Mm-hmm. So there's seven years. Now there's there's another addition to that. There's like another um, six years, I think. The total time that he was with his uncle was about 20 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we see that Joseph was born within that 20-year span. In fact, Joseph was born and then his little brother was born after him and he was even born during that 20-year span. So if you take 20 years and subtract off the first seven years, you get 13 years. And back up at least nine months for Benjamin, that's, you know, even even if we call it a year, that's like 12 years. So, you know, Joseph was no younger than 12 years younger than his oldest brother, which is Reuben. Right, and with them being four different 
Yeah, mothers. four different mothers. Could have been some crossover. Yeah, stacked up on top of each other, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a possibility that Joseph was actually born within that seven years that Jacob was working for Laban, which means 11 kids born in that seven-year period um, to four different women, which means they were all very close in age. Yeah, it wasn't like one was 50 and Joseph was 19. Yeah, and a lot of times I I think we feel like, you know, his older brothers were in their 20s, 30s, and he was just still a kid. You know, they, they like they were older men, and he was just still a teenager. But I don't think that was the case. I think they they were actually cl- a lot closer in age than we kind of than we kind of think about it. But he was seventeen when this story starts because it it the Bible clearly lays out he was seventeen years old. Um, Which means the oldest is probably in his twenties. Yeah, and- yeah, possibly. Like late twenties at the most, probably, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, it doesn't really make sense for us to look at that. He was the son of his old age, as it being like, oh, Israel's just super old now, and that's his son, you know. And so, that's actually it. It can be in two different ways. One is actually, yes, he is older. When he has him, and now he's 17 years old, Joseph is, which means his dad is is older than he was then. And so it's kind of like, you know, like a almost like a man raising like a grandson or something, you know, or that, that he's one of the last of his sons. So Jacob, Israel's older, and it, and it just is more of a, their friends, their, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but... It can also mean that phrase, son of his old age, can actually point at Joseph as being, it's almost like if we said the phrase, um, if you've heard the phrase, like you might say that someone is an old soul. Yeah. You know, that person, oh, they're just an old soul. Well, you're not calling them old. Wise beyond their years. You're wise beyond their years. Yeah. Yeah. And so many believe that that phrase, the son of his old age, actually is talking about the wisdom that Joseph shows, that he's wise beyond his years. It's descriptive of Joseph versus descriptive of Israel. Yes, exactly. Um, And I think I lean more probably toward that um, just because of what we see later on in like all throughout Joseph's life, that he just showed, he showed wisdom. Now, did he always show wisdom? No. No. You know, and we're going to get into a couple of examples of that. But his actions were those probably of someone who was more mature in life than a typical person his age might make. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so when we're even looking at, Joseph bringing a bad report of them to their father. I don't think it was necessarily that he was being a tattletale. I think it was that his father trusted him. Hey, go check on things, you know, and he could trust him to come back and say, this is what's going on, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a, 
you know, we want to label it a tattletale, I think, because we want to be mad at that person. Yeah. And we want to find a fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you're just a jerk for going and telling on us. Because, I mean, you see it in a school setting of maybe a classroom where a teacher might put a little bit more trust in a certain student or ask some questions. Or even at work, you have maybe somebody that's yeah. more responsible or just has this natural desire that wants to get the job done. Instead of goofing off, let's just get it done and move on. And so that accountability they have makes everybody else look a little bad. And so yeah. their response is to attack the one who's being Yeah, we, in, with kids, it's, oh, you're the teacher's pet. Yeah. Around the workplace, it's, oh, you're a brown noser. Mm-hmm. You know, all those kind of things. Yep. So, yeah, I think I, I think it's kind of a bad rap, you know, in, in many ways. But, nevertheless, it was very obvious that, um, that, that Israel loved him more than his brothers. You know, and gave he, him this coat, set coat. him apart. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about the coat just for a moment, because... Every time you hear about Joseph in like a lot of societal things, it's it's all about the coat, mm-hmm. and the coat is really such a small part of this story. Mm-hmm. It's an integral part of Joseph's story, but it's a smaller part. But it has a lot of meaning, mm-hmm. and it's almost like a badge, you know, when somebody's like given hall monitor badge or something yeah. in a way. It's almost what it feels like. That's why I think it irks them even more. It's like not yeah. only is he doing this, but Dad's gave him that. Geez, you know, and he's plus he's also one of the younger guys. Yeah, I can see him getting frustrated. Oh yeah. yeah, but I don't I don't know how you're supposed to. Um, but again, it's it's not Joseph's fault that this has been bestowed upon him. You know, it's just mixed with his natural maturity and responsibility. Mm-hmm. Just kind of failed to him. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the I think that's the case. Um, was there, and we talked about this some last week, um, you know, was there feelings and this kind of disgust of him in some ways um, kind of justified? <sighs> no, I mean, yeah, but it's not a pass. Right. You know, it's it's a, it's maybe a reason, but it's not an excuse, that kind of a thing. Um, so... All right, so that kind of, again, kind of setting this up um, where Joseph is, is is the wise one and his, his dad is putting some, you know, uh, stuff on him, responsibilities, those kind of things, because apparently he could carry those things out. All right, so we pick it on up in uh, verse 5 there. Now, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to him, said to them, hear this dream that I've dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright and behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brother said to him, are you indeed to reign over us or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. All right. So what is, what, what does the dream mean there? I mean, it's just basically, hey, <laughs> the dream was a symbol of, of what's coming, but to them at that moment, it was just like, I mean, basically, one day, whatever the brothers did, we're not going to stand up to what Joseph had become, and he was going to rule over them, and they were going to bow down to him because of his authority that he was going to be given. Yeah, and I think, I don't think this dream was necessarily a surprise to them, because... <clears throat> 
If Joseph was the most loved and he was the firstborn of Rachel, who Israel loved the most, Mm -hmm. then when Israel dies, when dad dies, who's going to get everything? Or at least the most, you know, the blessings and and all those kind of things. It's going to be Joseph. They knew that. The guy with the coat. (laughs) Yeah, the guy with the coat is going to be running the show. You know, so everything that's dad's, is going to be his. So we better get what we can get now, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that kind of plays into what actually happens here in a few verses. Um, but I don't think that that was a surprise to them, you know, that, that, that they might, that he would see himself above them because even though Reuben, who was the oldest, should have kind of the, sort of should have the birthright, mm-hmm. he wasn't going to because he was he was not Rachel's child, you know? Yeah. Do you think there's anything to the fact that he told them the dream in the first place? I think it, yeah, I think it kind of... I mean, I've heard it presented as a, oh, yeah, guys, well, check this out. Like, Joseph yeah. had this arrogant attitude of, like, I'm going to be the boss. <laughs> I'm going to be the... Be the ghost. I don't. I don't know if it was. I that. don't know if it was an arrogance or a whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bill and Ted. <laughs> you know, yeah. Whoa. Just that. Whoa! Check out this. You know, I, I, I don't mean, know. I I feel like there's probably a little bit of that, maybe rubbing their nose in it some. But the the only reason that I'm not sure about that is because of the next dream that he has. Yeah. And do we think it was a, we hear the word dream though, and we're very quick to just jump to like, I had a dream last night where Freddy Krueger was chasing me through the house or something, you know, like when we think of dreams, I mean, we dream all the time. doesn't mean we get up and tell everybody about them. You know, sometimes we do because something happened. Because they're weird. Yeah. Weird or or goofy or something like that. Or you're mad at somebody. You wake up, you're just mad at somebody because whatever happened in the dream. But I got to imagine this was probably a little bit different yeah. experience for Joseph, where it was like a vision, you know, more so or something that, that seemed very real to him. Yeah, like it, it was legit. It almost made me think like he woke up like, this happened and I don't know how to handle it right now. Like, was it a challenge to Joseph or was he like, oh yeah, I like that, I like that dream, you know, I'm in charge. Or was it more a wonder of a... I'm just trying to figure this out, guys. Check, listen to this. Listen to what happened and, and tell me your thoughts. Of course, they didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, no, not, not at all. Um, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not completely sure, mm-hmm. but based on the next dream, I think it was, I don't think it was a whole lot of rubbing their face in it. Yeah. And, and here's why. It's because the next dream involved dad you know and so let's jump into that one it said then he dreamed another dream this dream is over anyway and told (laughs) and told it to his brothers and said behold i have dreamed another dream behold the sun the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me but when he told it to his father and to his brothers his father rebuked him and said to him okay so what does that dream mean? Well, I mean, it's one thing to have your brothers bow down to you. It's a whole other thing to have the 
the uh, what was described the the stars the sun the, the moon, sun the, the moon. stars yeah that's a pretty big deal that's a that's a that's a high place to be put to have creation almost bowing down to you you know mm-hmm. Joseph's not God by any stretch of the imagination but he's being put being given this vision that he's going to be put in a place of not just you're going to be an authority over our family, but you're going to be authority over so much more. And that takes it to a new level. Because now, dad's like, wait a minute. If, if this first dream was like you were just the authority over your brothers, I'm on board with that because you're my fave. But now, if you're going to be authority over all those things, that includes me. And Israel slash Jacob wasn't very fond of that idea. Yeah, because because <laughs> it's one thing of your son telling the other guys, "Hey, when Dad dies, I'm going to be ruling over you." You know, yeah. It's another thing that's that he's basically saying, "Before you die, I'm going to be ruling over you, Dad." I mean that that was kind of the deal, mm-hmm. you know, and so. He's putting himself over his dad and his birthright and everything over his dad in a way saying, in kind of in a way saying, hey, I, you know, I'm ready for you to die, (laughs) you know, because I'm ruling over you Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But also just that whole, I'm going to rule over you even while you're still alive, you know? And so that that got a rebuke from his dad, but it says his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And then it says his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. That's interesting. Because it basically is showing that that Jacob's like, or Israel at this time, is like, hey, you shut your mouth. You shouldn't be, you know. But at the same time, mm, I, I'm not going to forget that. Yeah. Like that's that Too means far. something. Too yeah. far. Yeah, you want to use a little more wisdom, but hmm. But do you think it was as as far as like? Do you think it it reached the level like? Where he's going to keep that in the back of the mask because, you know, we're not supposed to hold on to grudges. But if he was like, I might take that coat away. <laughs> you yeah. better check yourself or your coat will come back to my closet. I'm going to be giving that coat to Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> or like my dad used to tell me, I brought you into this world. I can take you out. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. It was, that's the only re- keeping back his mind is all of a sudden it's like, I was all in, Joseph, of you doing this. But now... Now I'm concerned. Now I'm doubting because I don't know if he was you, but, doubting it. But I don't want it to. Well, not doubting that it could happen. Yeah. But doubting the big plan. You know, yeah. Like, Maybe I not don't just want being you to a have fan that authority of, over me. Yeah, yeah. Not being a fan of it, but yeah. but also not dismissing it. Yeah. You know, he didn't dismiss it. He 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 kept the saying in mind. You know, and it almost, it makes me think of, and I think it's a similar phrase, um, of like when, uh, 
You know, when baby Jesus, not baby Jesus, 12-year-old Jesus, they went into the city and they lost him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it's not a good thing when you lose God's son. <laughs> um, but they they lost him and he came and it's like, don't you know that I should be at my father's, in yeah. my father's house? Where else would you know? I Yeah. And it it says that, that Mary pondered these things in her heart. You know, she was like, hmm, I'm going to, like, I, I need to think about that. You it's know? like a very learning moment. <laughs> yeah. Of like, oh, so wait. I, yeah, so I think this is something that, that Jacob, you know, obviously, I, I don't think he ever forgot it. And I think he was thinking about it and kind of wondering, like, how how is this going to play out, you know? I, I don't know. Should he have told them the dreams? Maybe, maybe not. You know, there there is wisdom, there's tact, all those kind of things. Um, but definitely... You, you kind of can't fault Joseph in a way for he he did what he thought was right. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, he, he maybe he he shouldn't have those kind of things, but he did what he thought was right, even though it was gonna in the end it was gonna turn around and, and kind of bite him in the rear end. You know, and I actually think that's a that's something that we need to keep in mind as we watch kind of his story and unfold is that over and over and over again, he did what was right, even if it was going to bite him in the rear end. Mm-hmm. You know, And I, I wish we could all say that we always do that, but I think you know, sometimes we, well, we don't. <laughs> yeah. You know, especially when we're doing the right thing and we get, you know, we get bit, and then it's like, well, I'm not going to do that again. Well, Okay, so you're you're kind of telling God, I'm I'm only going to do what's right if it doesn't cost me anything. Well, sometimes you know exactly what you're supposed to do right, but you already know the hardships it's going to bring. Yeah, and so it's like you make the decision sometimes, full go and be like, bring it on, let's let's get through it. Or sometimes you you take it on reluctantly because you're like, Ugh. <laughs> you know, don't want to don't want to deal with this. I know it's the right yeah. thing to do, but I don't want to deal with it. Well, some people avoid it like the plague, so you know. Stay away from it. Yeah. So Joseph was very much one of those who just embraced what he was supposed to do. Um, he did what he thought was right. And I think he probably sharing these dreams, thought it was a message of some sort, like this was something he was supposed to supposed to share, and he did. And he probably had some idea of what was going to happen. I mean, he already knew he was the guy who paid attention and, and made sure the work was being done, and he, he knew his brothers didn't like him. You know, he probably wasn't stupid to that at all. He was fulfilled he was very well. Yeah, and we'll we'll kind of jump into here um, to see how it it kind of bit him really hard here. Um, so that kind of the next thing that unfolds in his life uh, is that uh, that his brothers kind of kind of get their revenge on him. Uh, so basically, um, Jacob sends or Israel sends Joseph to check in on his brothers again, mm-hmm. kind of hey, see how they're doing, take them some supplies, those kind of things. Uh, in verse 12, it says, Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing a flock near Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. And he said, Here am I. So he said, Go now. If it is well with your brothers, see if it's well with your brothers with flock, and bring me word. So again, this was kind of a, Hey, check in on everybody and see how your brothers are doing. You know, so I mean, he was, he was sending them 
It was a typical day. Yeah, I mean, get a report, you know. Um, so he sent him off to go check in on him. Took him a while to find him because they had, they had changed where they were. Uh, it says that he, uh, uh, verse 18, it says, They saw him from afar, and before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him, and we will see what will become of his dreams. So one, they hated him because he was a dreamer. I mean, they you know they hate him. But two, I think, I think at least some of them saw this as a way to to get a little bit more of the inheritance. <laughs> yeah, probably you know? so. Because it's like, hey, we know Dad's going to give him everything. So maybe we get rid of him, then maybe we'll get something. Yeah, I mean, you think there's probably quite a few agendas in there, you know, between inheritance, between just irritation, aggravation, to, you know, they mocked him in that moment about the dreamer thing, and then, you know, after we do it, we'll see what comes of his dreams. You know, like, they almost want to just prove the dream wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. no, we ain't going to be in that position. Yeah. We ain't bowing down, bro. <laughs> you can forget that. Yeah. Their pride almost was 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 something they were fighting for almost too. Yep. And it says uh verse twenty one, but when Reuben heard uh when Reuben heard it, he was the oldest, he rescued him rescued him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him that so that he might rescue him out of their hand to restore him to their father. So here's what's happening there. They, um, you know, Reuben came along and was basically, Hey guys, let's not like, let's not kill him. You know, I mean, he is our brother. Let's throw him into this pit. Mm -hmm. And that way kind of whatever happens happens, but secretively, he was like, I'll come back out here. I'll sneak out here at night or something, get him out of the pit, send him on home, because, you know, I, I'm not going to kill my brother. You know, I'm not going to. And, and I think out of respect for his dad, more than anything, uh, he wasn't going to kill Joseph. But it's interesting that even though Reuben was the oldest, which means he should have been regarded as, like they should have listened to him. You know, if he said this is what we're doing, then just kind of culturally they they should have listened to him cuz he was the firstborn, mm-hmm. you know. But he didn't have the courage to to face them. He didn't have the courage to say this isn't right. We're not doing this. Let's send him back to dad. Instead, he he kind of snuck around, tried to sneak around a little bit and trick them. Again, you know, Jacob was known as a trick trickster um, because he didn't have the courage just to do what's right. Again, going back to that whole thing with Joseph, he did what was right, even though it was going to bite him in the rear end. Reuben didn't have the courage to do that. And I think it's interesting, kind of an interesting comparison you know, kind of between those two. Yeah, because you also think in the situation of of the motive to 
to get rid of Joseph, Reuben might have had the most to gain from it. Yeah. Uh, just being the oldest. And, you know, I, I, I'm not up to date on whose mom was whose, you know, or how that he all He was Leah's. Yeah, how that or all Or Leah was with. his mom. Yeah. And so, I mean, there was a lot for him to probably gain in the big picture of things as, as far as if Joseph wasn't there. But, yeah, you're right. I mean... He had an opportunity to step up and say the right thing. Now, we some would commend him for not just agreeing to kill the brother, which mm-hmm. there is that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, why not just come out? Was it was it the fear of his brothers? Was he afraid that he was such the the minority in the group? If everybody else was all in, that he was just the only one that kind of wasn't. Would he become a victim? Would he be in the hole with Joseph? You know, or where would they go from there? You know, so. Yeah, he was in a tough spot, and and he picked the probably the easiest way out. Yeah, the 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 easiest way to do what he thought was right and not suffer the consequences. Yeah, yeah, yep, I agree. All right, keeping on going there says um, so that he might uh, restore him to his father. Verse 23, so when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore, and they took him and threw him into the pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. So these are like cisterns that would hold water. Um, They would um, bring livestock, those kind of things, sort of like a well, but but there was no water in it. Threw him in there. I think it's funny. The next verse says, then they sat down to eat. All right, we threw our brother in the pit hoping he dies. I'm hungry. Snack time. Snacks. All right. (laughs) Uh, Looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing gum, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry it to Egypt, down to Egypt. Then Judah, let's remember names here. Reuben, the oldest, tried to get him out of there. Then Judah said to his brothers, what profit is it? If we kill our brother and conceal his blood, come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. Let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. So, hey, you know what? We can make we can make a little bank right now if we don't kill him. Let's just sell him. That's yeah. better. We're not murderers then. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a, a way to vouch for something. Yeah. Well, I'm not a murderer. <laughs> just... Human, still a terrible person. Just human but, trafficking. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. So that was that was Judah's idea. Uh, so his brothers listened to him. Then the Midianites traders passed by, and they drew Joseph up and lifted him up out of the pit. Again, that word pit. And they sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Um, mentioned last week that uh, there was some parallels between Joseph and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus got sold, basically, you know, for 30 shekels of silver, right? Yep. And so Joseph didn't quite merit that. He only merited 20 shekels of silver. Um, they took, they took, stripped of his robe. They took Joseph to Egypt. Yeah. Stripped of his robe. Um, and there's also blood involved, obviously, which we'll see right here. Um, when, (laughs) poor Reuben, uh, when Reuben, you reckon he sat down and ate a sandwich? Well, that's what I'm... <laughs> wow. Is that where it comes from? The roof? <laughs> oh, no. Jonathan's... I'm sorry. Up. But, okay, this is interesting, because it says Reuben returned to the pit, 
and saw that Joseph wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So what was Reuben doing during snack time? I don't know. He must have either kept working or maybe even... I'm just totally guessing here because of the situation. Could he have like went off by himself to think about what was going on? Yeah. Like, how am I going to come back and sneak Joseph out of that yeah. pit? He's sitting over here with a thought bubble yeah. going on. like <laughs> Totally uh, oblivious to what's going on behind him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm selling the uh, they're just talking to the camel people. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he was not in on the plan to sell. Yeah. To no, sell Joseph. No, he was not in on yeah, the plan. he was not in on yeah. it. Um, yeah, when Reuben returned to the pit, saw that Joseph was not in the pit, he tore his clothes, and it was a uh, a common sign of being in distress, being saddened, uh, and returned to his brothers and said, the boy is gone, and I, where shall I go? So why did he, why did he ask that? The boy is gone, and I, where shall I go? I think he knew he was going to be held responsible. Yeah, yeah. He was the oldest, so Dad was going to look at him. Yeah. And be like, what? You have to answer for this. Yeah, what? where'd Joseph go? Yeah. Yeah. So then they took Joseph's robe and slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood. Um, again, some parallels there um, that uh, that an animal had to die and shed its blood um, to, to cover up, you know, kind of to try to cover up their sin. Um, and then they took Joseph's robe, slaughtered goat, dipped blood, uh, robe in the blood, and they sent the robe of many colors and brought it to their father and said, this we have found. Please identify whether it is your son's robe or not. Really? Really? <laughs> it's funny because it's like how many other people gee, were in coats of many colors out there? Gee, dad, this, this looks familiar. Is this maybe your son's? I don't. I mean, I don't know. We're just walking back. Yeah, we just it, found it, it out does, in the middle of the desert. It does have Joseph embroidered in the collar. <laughs> the collar. But we're not. It says Joseph, son of Israel, right here. But we're not sure if it's his size. Anyway, we thought that was like through the looms. <laughs> That's a brand name. <laughs> Sorry, I'm off the rails. Wow. And he identified it and said, "It is my son's robe." A fierce animal has devoured him. Joseph is without du- without doubt torn to pieces. That I, Not much of an investigation there. Yeah, it's kind of graphic. <laughs> um, then Jacob tore his garments, more garment tearing, uh, and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son for many days. And all of his sons and all of his daughters, finally, we hear mention of the daughters, uh, they rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted and said, No, I shall go down to Sheol to my son mourning. Uh, not in the morning, but mourning. Um, thus his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him into Egypt. Now he got sold again to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. All right. So, I wonder if they made a profit. Spent 20 was it 25? 20. 20, yeah. yeah. I wonder if they sold him for 30. Yeah, maybe 21 is all you need. 21, yeah. Just a little profit. Turning a profit, yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so Reuben jumped in on the plan, though, of... I've covered it up. Well, now we got to cover it up yeah, because... Yeah, yeah. I mean... Because I don't want to get in trouble for something you... 
jerks did. <laughs> but, you, I mean, okay. I'm I'm just taking some liberties here. So, and this may sound stupid, but you think after Reuben came back and said, where's Joseph? He's not in the pit. The brothers were like, Reuben, guess what? <laughs> we sold him. We got 20 shekels. Yeah. You know, you think that conversation, it doesn't specify that, you that conversation. Right. We didn't think we should kill him. <laughs> so we sold him. Yeah. And he'd just be like, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I was over under the tree eating my snack, thinking about how I was going to go back and save him tonight. You idiots sold him. <laughs> yeah. And really, they only got two shekels apiece. Yeah. It was 10 of them. Yeah, there's 10 of them because Benjamin. Two apiece. That's not very much. Mm-mm. Hmm. I'd never thought about that. Them shekels don't go very far now, do they? You think Reuben took two shekels? I, don't I just know. feel like he was really stressed. <laughs> they probably were like, uh, we only got one shekel, Reuben? Like, they didn't tell him the whole story. They left him out. They only gave us 10. Here's your one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jerks. <laughs> Oh, All right. Shoot. So anyway, we be laughing at this, but we know the end of the story, so it's okay. To yeah, laugh it's okay. It. <laughs> um, and especially later in the story, when we see the uh, who did what, kind of in the story, it's interesting. I love mm-hmm. it. But anyway, so let's look at. Um, I think we let, let's look at who he got sold to, and then we'll 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 hit the pause button. Uh, anyway, it says, meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him in Egypt. Okay, so they went to Egypt to Potiphar, all right, who was Potiphar? It says he was an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, okay? So he was in the army. He was not only in the army, he was the captain of the guard, of Pharaoh's guard, which basically meant he was the captain of Pharaoh's personal security and security in and around Pharaoh's house, Sole responsibility was to keep Pharaoh alive. Yes. Who Egypt considered godlike. Godlike. Yeah. So Pharaoh was not a nobody. Mm-hmm. He was a big deal. Um, and so he would have been in charge of all of the, all of the kind of army or whatever that would have been in charge of Pharaoh's security around his, his palace, like the palace guard, mm-hmm. you know, if you mm-hmm. think about that. And also in charge of all the slaves in in the the palace, okay? So he was in charge of kind of everything that was going on in and around um, Pharaoh's house, like his his palace, those kind of things. So he was a big deal. Most likely would have been rich um, because, you know, if you got somebody that's that high up, you want to pay them really well. So that they're not looking for bribes to kill you, yeah. You know, from outside mm-hmm. sources, it's like if somebody approached him, they're like, ah, "I got plenty of money. I don't need your money. I'm, you know, I got, I got it good here." Um, so he was a big deal, really big. I mean, Pharaoh yeah. would have had a lot of trust in this dude. Yes, yeah, he would have been. He would have been um, fairly close, close to to Pharaoh. So that's where that's who bought Joseph. So now, so now Joseph is a servant of Potiphar in and around the palace or in and around Potiphar's house, which would probably have been really close to, you know, the kind of the main yeah, for sure. palace area. So I think that's where we're going to leave, leave Joseph off. 
um, tonight. But uh, one thing that I I just kind of keep going back to with this is that whole idea of you know the son of his old age that that wisdom beyond his years, all those kind of things, and and it especially because I have. Um, so I mentioned I've got two kids in college now. I also have a two-year-old um, that we adopted earlier in the year. And uh, it, it, it this story kind of makes me think, it, it's kind of made me be thinking through like, okay, in some ways he's the son of my old age, you know. Um, but also that, like I would love for for this to be a, able to be said of all my kids, but I, I guess because he is so much younger, I kind of relate this story to him some. Uh, in fact, we almost named him Joseph. Um, but I, I like I want to be the kind of dad that raises him to be wise beyond his years. Mm. You know, and it's like how do we? So how do we as dads do that? You know, how do we make sure that we are raising our kids to be wiser than the generation around them, wiser than their peers, those kind of things. Um, And I've got a couple of things. um, I I got a couple of things written down here, and this is not, you know, I've, I've, I've been kind of studying through this and, and listening to sermons and listening to podcasts and things like that about it. Um, so this is definitely not all my ideas. I wish it was. But uh, a, a few things that, that I think we can think um, kind of keep in mind is to raise kids who are wise beyond their years or mature beyond their years. Um, we got to remind them and teach them and, and for them to know that God doesn't exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. And I think that just kind of helps us get our perspective, you know, yeah. um, that, that fear of the God, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We, we read that in the Bible. Um, and just knowing, kind of knowing our place, you know, in the grand scheme of things. And the apologetic series, we, we said there toward the end, you know, it's like, this is, this is God's deal. He can kind of do whatever he wants to, you yeah. know, when, when you create your own planet, you can do what you want to with it. You know, when you become that powerful. Um, but I think we need to realize, Hey, we, we exist for him, not the other way around. Yeah. If you want to do a little self-examination of that, just check your prayer life. You yeah. Know? Think about right, think moving about, on. No, think about what you pray. Just the thing, yeah. the types of things you pray. Are they you centered, mm-hmm. or are they Christ centered? Yeah. You know, are they about Him and His kingdom, or are they about you and what you consider your kingdom? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, next uh, is that eternal things are more important than temporary things. Um, I heard this phrase a long time ago, and when I first heard it, I thought, "Nah, I don't like that. That's stupid." But then I kept thinking about it, and the longer I thought about it, it's like, yeah, shoot, that's true. Um, they said basically anything that is not eternal is an eternal waste. Oh, man, that stinks because I spend a lot of time and effort on things that aren't eternal, mm-hmm. you know. Um, 
but that we should we should value eternal things. They they are way more important than temporary things. Um, next, we need to teach them that the Word of God is the standard to live by, um, not the world. The world is, whew, if anything, changes faster than the world. I don't know what it is. Uh, it continues to change. The Word of God will never change, and because of that, it's our it it's the true standard. Um, anything we we need to know about how to truly live life, um, we can find it in the Word of God. It's all about that foundation. You can build upon that. You can't build upon the other stuff. Yeah. It just crumbles underneath you. Yep. Um, and then I think the last one I'm going to mention here is that um, that we're family, and family is important. Um, good, bad, or ugly, you know, we've all got we've all got issues, um, but family is important. Um, family is where we need to invest our time. Family is where we need to invest our, um, our resources. Um, if we're gonna, you know, do things that, that take away from our family, again, our family, the people in our family are eternal, you know, going back to that eternal kind of thing. Eternal things are more important. Our hobbies are not eternal. Um, our family is. And so our family is important. We help each other. We forgive each other. We work with each other. Um, you know, we, we do, we do life as a family, yeah. you know, not as, not as a bunch of individual people. So there's just a few things, um, that, uh, that I think we just, we sometimes just, um, it's like we take some of those things for granted and as adults, we just kind of know them, but it, I think we need to reinvest into, like make sure we're investing those truths into our kids and letting them know, hey, this is what we believe, you know? Yeah, like reprioritizing what's really going on, what you're doing. Yeah. Where that focus is, you know, especially as easy as it is right now to get overwhelmed by everything going on in the world around us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really easy just to lose focus and lose track and and be overwhelmed by it. And then um, and there's also the opposite where people so put so much um, – focus on some of those things that that they they still pull God out of it at times and so still need to keep him in it he still needs to be the priority he needs to be the the top dog in all these things every one yeah. of them um he's the focal point but yeah we should be using that that foundation that knowledge that relationship to make these other things work yeah and at the end of the day um you know I think we see in Joseph's life that like even though his family situation was really messed up, um, obviously his dad taught him the things of God. You know, mm-hmm. he did invest um, invest in him that way because we see throughout Joseph's life that he did things according to God. Like what would God approve of? What would God not approve of? That's what I... He, he honored God. He tried to follow God and obey God. Um, and so I think we have to say that, that, that he got that from, you know, his, his dad and granddad. He was, you know, he was, um, he would have been in there somewhere uh, as well. But uh, so he, you know, as, as bad as Jacob messed it up, he did, you know, he did teach those things, I think, to his kids. Um, and, and I think we can see that in Joseph's life. For sure. You don't have to be, 
You don't have to be a perfect image to represent a perfect God. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that kind of lands the plane for us tonight, Jonathan, that, that thought there um, of, of what you just shared with us, that and the fact that if 10 of your kids come home and say your favorite got eaten by a wild animal, ask some more questions. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just take their word Don't for take it. that at face value. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> but hey, there's another show, Jonathan. It's good to be back. It's good to be hanging out here with you at the... At the the largest desk ever created for, I, I don't know, this desk, y'all. I know we talk about it sometimes, but it's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't even know how you carried it in this place, to be honest with you. Not that, I mean, it's just got to be, what, like 6,000 pounds? It is very real. It is real wood. <laughs> there is. Uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, there's, there's no fake wood in this sucker. Mm-mm. And if we, you know, we have a double wide door over there. If we ever filled that in with a regular sized door, the desk would not leave the room. <laughs> pieces. <laughs> it was built. Left, leave it for the next person. Yeah. Comes with a desk. Got your own built-in podcast studios right here. <laughs> All right, but that's the show, y'all. Um, you know, we love to connect with you. We have not been good at it. We'll never claim to be good at it. But uh, if you reach out to us, we will definitely respond to you. So we would love to hear from you, either through any of the social medias, out on Facebook, Instagram, at Land the Plane Today, or Twitter, land the plane two four seven. So shoot us a private message. Yeah, we'd, we'd love that. Or uh, you can always send us an email at landtheplane today at gmail and reach us out. And if you got questions about Joseph, you want us to dig deeper in any of these little topics or or thoughts, or just have questions about the story overall, let us know. We'd love to respond to that and dig a little bit deeper, either through messaging with you or bringing it up on the show. You know, yep. we'd, we'd love to do that too. So, and even if you see us, you know, if you're here local and you see us around town. Uh, strike up a conversation with us. Love that. Uh, shout out to Eli Davidson. Uh, he he found me the other day a couple of times, actually, and has been asking about when the next show is. So here you go, Eli. Calm here down, Eli. Just yeah. start over. Listen to him again. <laughs> There's a lot of wisdom in these things. No, it is. You know, we love doing the show, but yeah. we also life gets in the way at times yeah and there's times we just we make plans and they get disrupted and, yeah. and things get thrown away all the time so we we feel it's a privilege and and a, and a gift to us to get to do this show so we don't want to take it for granted we we enjoy doing it but uh sometimes we have to make hard decisions but yeah but it's uh, encouraging when uh yeah. when people are asking about you know, hey, when's the next one coming out that's yeah. awesome you that's bet. encouraging you to bet. us love so, to be encouraged, so encourage us that's right <laughs> With Benjamins. Just kidding. Not yes. <laughs> just kidding. Last thing we ever did was for money. So uh, we just enjoy doing it, getting to share the good news. And uh, hopefully, hopefully you're out there listening and it uh, just gives you something to think about. That's right. Nothing else. So we really appreciate our listeners. We appreciate you to those who have missed the show and ready for it to be back. We're glad to be back and no promises, but we'll get back to that next show. Hopefully, right on. Schedule. Hopefully, here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yep. So, and I'll get to bring the results. Arkansas Masters. That's right. That's what I'm waiting on. Check the news. <laughs> Could be a big story. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye, y'all.